0: From East Berlin to Junction City, hello New York, hello Missouri, what? You gonna try to tear us down? Well, whether you like it or not, it's the going off podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. We've got so much to chat about, so much on our minds. The weekend after Beychella, before we get to Beyonce, because that's a whole, that's a main course right there. Can I just talk about how they did, ya boys, Brock (laughs) Hampton? I was happy for him! You know, even though there's that weird... You don't really know how to feel because the guy who runs Coachella is anti-Black Lives Matter, anti-LGBTQ rights, and all that shit, so it's like... You kinda feel torn even supporting it in the least bit, especially when you have queer artists there. But, I made it a point... Because I, I was really proud of Brockhampton to, to make it to the big stage. Turns out that they were late. The set start with Bareface. His microphone was fucking up. Then when they got his microphone started and he performed his first song. And then... Don McClendon. His microphone isn't working like 80% of the set. Oh my god. And it gets to the point where he's having to fucking shout his shit. And everybody just starts shouting their shit. So it's a big like, everyone is just yelling now. Which is fine. Because a lot of Brockhampton's music is very, like, emotional or angry, so it worked. But, like, at one part of the show, the fucking camera feed just cuts to, like, an empty stage. With people just walking around it on their cell phones. You still hear Brockhampton, but you're not seeing them for, like, a solid minute. I felt bad for him, and I saw Kevin Abstract was going on Twitter, and he said he was sad with the performance, and it's like, man, that sucks, because like I said, it's like an anti-queer thing, and for you to even be there is kind of like iffy, and you put yourself out there, and then for it to not go right is kind of a slap in the face. But then you got Amine, who... (laughs) I guess because he's a smaller name, I can't find his set anywhere online, but you can see this one clip from Caroline... (laughs) <laughs> I almost started the show with that.
1: Killer! If you ain't black don't say it, nigga. Boy, you like 98 degrees and I'm Nigga, keep me feet running. <laughs> and I heard a lot of I heard a lot of voices and when I looked into the crowd
0: I didn't see a lot of black faces is all I'm saying. When he said that on NPR in the Tiny Desk concert there's like, I don't know how many people attend that, cause it's like in the studios. So there's probably like maybe 30 people at the most. And it's probably mixed, uh, racially. There's a reason on the album he said, White girls love me like my first name Coachella. <laughs> and for him to say that shit and just stop the show, like the music stops.
1: Yeah, like, and he, like, looks dead into the crowd, just like, you ain't, like, don't say it. (laughs) He's, like, he's looking around for folks to say it. He's, like, I fucking dare you. That's incredible to, like, specifically know that people are going to say it and then, like, set it up so that you fuck them over. Like, that is using an opportunity, you know what I'm saying, in a way that, like, like so many artists wish they could do you know what I mean like oh man I wish I could catch my audience off guard you know
0: but then we gotta get to what everybody is talking about and I mean every fucking body Goddamn, Beyonce headlining almost two hours of just non-stop 100% pure black excellence up on that stage dude from top to bottom
1: for like at least the first 45 minutes, I was just, like, entranced. You got the chicks wearing the yellow, just, you know, representing the lemonade. At the same time, representing, you know, the gold. You know what I'm saying? You got, look, bro, I wanted to go to Beyonce U, bro. I wanted to go to you. <laughs> Enlist. After I saw that stuff. Yo! When she came out with the bugaboos! The bugaboos! And she was like trash it is like oh they're not entertaining me enough <laughs> I was like, Yo!
0: oh my god that fucking part it's in the middle of uh was it sorry yeah and, and it's to the point where it's a suck on my balls i've had enough she stops the song and the bugaboos come out and she's just like make me laugh uh. and they just do this little dancing and she's and she's like ladies Are we laughing? And the audience is like, No! Are we entertained? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! She took us to Wakanda, church, an HBCU classic, Battle of the Bands, the ultimate probate step show, and more. She had an orchestra, a full band, a drumline, a choir, and a bazillion dancers, She's the first black female to headline Coachella, and she killed it. The name should be officially changed to Baychella. The stage will never be the same. It was magical. And that's just putting it lightly. She
1: did everything. There was a part where she she was was singing a little opera in there. I was like, what the fuck? The only thing that I would say is that it did go on for a while. And eventually, you know, if you're going to cover all... Because, like, she started off with Lemonade, you know, the big hits. You know what I'm saying? So I'm with her. But when she started going into the all-night sort of stuff, you know, that was when I kind of got out of it. Like, I could still appreciate the performance. Definitely. But it was just like, the musicality just isn't the same. And, and the the orchestra definitely helped that. Like, the orc Yo, she had a fucking musical tapestry. I don't even think people knew what was going on. Like, the fact that the beginning was, like, basically, like, humble. Like, the... Yo, they need to sell this as an album Straight up and down yeah. Like, the musical collage that she was doing Someone needs to actually, like, mix it And put it on, like, a CD And sell that shit Because, oh my god If you can understand, like, all the little st- The little slick stuff She was putting in there is like, homages to You know, uh, uh, uh To that New Orleans bounce To hip-hop to, to, you know what I'm saying? Just everything that makes her her It was just so fresh and then, like, you heard, like, if you listen, you just, like, literally, she must have gotten some sort of classical music composer to write this sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Cause, like, as I listened to it, I kind of heard, like, what a classical, uh, composer does when they're taking, like, older, I mean, when they're taking, like, other genres of music that they're, that they're trying to work within this tapestry, right? You know, they take little parts and, and they'll make something, like, a little motif that's sort of like, you know, the, um, The main melody of "Be Humble," right? They put that in the orchestra in the trumpet section, and you hear it very prominently. And it's like it just feels like it's background music, but if you listen, they're actually—he's actually playing with you know these these motives that we all know and can hear. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just like it was masterful, like on a on a level that is just like. That could be appreciated and broken down musically. Like, not just on some spectacle shit. It was just incredible. But like I said, you know, when it started to get into, like, the stuff from, like, two albums ago, you know, that that someone was like, I'm cool with it. I I hear what you're doing. But it was just like, you know, I didn't feel it as much. But, yo, when she has the breakdown moment and sings Lift lift Every Voice and Sing, it just brought it all together in a way that, like, man. I don't know what to tell (laughs) y'all. We gotta talk about Kendrick. At first, you know, a whole bunch of people hit me up They was like, yo, did you see Kendrick Lamar won the 2018 Pulitzer Prize in Music for Damn? Isn't that amazing? And I was like, I've never heard of this award before. Pulitzer Prize in Music, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I decided to look up you know, the, the, the winners of the Pulitzer Prize, because I was thinking to myself, like, man, I, I've never heard of the Pulitzer Prize music, you know, like, who, who else has won? Because, you know, it's like, is this, like, a big deal? And what pe- what I had found is people were saying, like, you know, like, they haven't really given this award to anyone who, like, wasn't working in, like, classical or jazz music. Oh, yeah, last year's, the person who won was, like, for an opera and a couple years ago, uh, before that was an oratorio? This, the music industry in general is honestly on some bullshit, especially when it comes to classical music and things like that, right? Cause a lot of people's, a lot of people's way into a structured world of music is through classical music, right? Like, uh, I'll, I'll give you my per, my story personally, right? I wanted to make hip hop, right? That, that's my love and my joy and the things that I want to do with my life. And, and now if you're going to, uh, um, a music school, I don't necessarily mean you're going to be, you know, working with DJs and and people like that. No, because what they mainly focus on is the classical stuff, you know? And so it's like, hey, yeah, I'm in a school of music, but the main focus isn't new music. The main focus is, you know, stuff, uh, classical stuff or, Uh, If they are focused on new stuff, it's like people making new sort of neo-romantic music. Like, it still kind of sounds like early 20th century classical sort of stuff. You know? And it's not that that's bad, but it's just like, yo, there's such a huge world of music out there, and we really do a disservice by, in America, only focusing on, you know, the, the European stuff. You know, Germany and France and stuff like that. And... You know, when you look at, like, uh, the winners of this award, like, it shows, right? Because literally every fucking uh, album or piece of music that's won an award, it's like classical, you know, music. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's not saying that that's bad, but it's just like... So no one else has made music that you think is worthy of this award. And then, of course, you know, we all like to think that, like, well, these are just faceless committees, you know, bringing down their praises upon whoever happens to make the best music. And it just so happened to be these class committees. But that's not true. Like, the head of these committees, as I found out, is, like, seven old white dudes. And so it's like... Of course they only think classical music is, you know, making the good music. You know what I'm saying? I was reading this article... Uh, and I could probably send, put the link in the description where he was talking about how there's more than one type of like, you know, music award sort of thing, right? There's plenty of them, but a lot of them are run by the same people. And so it's like, you can't even go to these different places for diversity of opinion because it's all owned by them. And it's like, this is the problem. You know what I'm saying? Again, it's not to say that Steve Reich and all these type of cats are making bad music. It's just that. Where is the recognition for anything else? The reason why I bring this up is to reframe it, right? Because what people are saying is, Oh, congrats to Kendrick Lamar for finally catching the eye of you know th- th- this award and I was like actually I think it's the opposite so I posted a little snarky ass message I was like congratulations to the Pulitzer uh the Pulitzer folks for finally joining the rest of the world and realizing that great music can exist outside of jazz and classical the classical music and all that stuff is out there but that's not what the kids are, you know what I'm saying that's not where the dollars are Opera opera represents maybe like 3% of the buying market currently.
0: Oh yeah, if even, yeah.
1: But what sucks is that when it comes to being a, a young musician in this world, you know, like if you want to go through the proper channels to learn and how to be a good musician, a lot of what you have to go through is those classical old boy channels. But if you're a poor musician who ain't got no goddamn money, you know, it just feels like... Wow, maybe the world of music isn't for me because it feels like it takes so much money to do. You know, and so it's like like you either have two venues. You can go through the classical world where you have to spend all this money and do all this shit or you can do it yourself, but there there's no, you know, a guarantee of connections that way, especially if you live in a smaller city. Like, hey, maybe if you live in you know, New York, maybe you don't need the classical music routes because you can just go downtown and you'll see the music scene is popping. But if you live in Wilmington, North Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Like where, yeah, sure, there's a budding music scene, but no one's, there's no money to be,
0: to go around. No one's paying attention to it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's a lot harder. So, you know, a lot of people, especially younger artists, they feel like, well, I need to go through the classical music route and, and maybe on the way, you know people can help me out where i can you know do more modern stuff but that that's never a guarantee because all the teachers and all this people the whole environment is about do classical music you know what I'm saying? Because that's the most important. That's the real respected genre. You know what I'm saying? But then when you get out there and you get out in the world and you find out like, oh my God, why is there no opportunities anywhere? Oh yeah, because the only way that, like, the thing that they've been teaching you this whole time is how to survive in in this genre of music 60 years ago. So it's like, yeah, 60 years ago, if you go up to New York and do your little audition, then boom, you get a part and you'll be set for life. You know, like, I know people who, who that's their story. You know, like, they just went up, they did a little quick audition, and wow, what do you know? I'm set for life. But it's like, we're not in that age anymore. You can't just go somewhere and audition and be set. You know, like, people have to tour all, or, people have to go everywhere. They have to spend so much money for the pianists and for this and for that. You know? And this is before we even get to, like, awards and shit like that. I'm just talking about being a young musician trying to make it, being a young composer trying to make it. And then, God God willing, you reach that point where you're in your 40s or 50s and people finally want to start, you know, giving people awards based on their talents and stuff like that. Like, like this. You know what I'm saying? So, it's not
0: a surprise that so many people just end up being self-taught. You know, exactly. like just listening to albums and just figuring it out, you <laughs> because, know, <laughs> which who knows yeah. how long that shit takes.
1: Yeah. And so like, and what I mean is that just sounds like it's a smaller part of it, but it really is a bigger part of it. Because how do we get to this point where in order for you to get a prestigious award, you have to be making opera. The ivory towers of music, they're just accepting jazz right now. Like that's just happening. You know what I'm saying? Where you're seeing uh. uh uh Art schools where, where they have, like, jazz programs and stuff like that. That's new. That was a concession that we just got to. This music that, like, isn't even remotely the lifeblood of the youth right now. You know? And so that just shows you the value that you should place in you know, when you hear some prestigious award uh, being bestowed upon Kendrick as if, oh, oh, now we can take hip-hop seriously now that these old white guys have decided that Kendrick Lamar's damn is a good album. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that, and like, again, that's not to diss it. It's cool that these old white guys are finally acknowledging the, the awesomeness that hip-hop is. But, you know, let's keep it in perspective. The reason why, you know, hip-hop, Uh has not gotten this prestigious Pulitzer Prize award isn't because there were just no good rap albums before Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's how I'm saying, like, we gotta keep this stuff in perspective. It's just that these old guys who have a lot of money who have never really had to think outside of their genre, so of course, you know, whatever they like is what music is. You know what I'm saying? Finally, they someone uh someone's grandkid, you know, uh uh got them to peek outside of their ivory tower and was like, yo, hey. Hey, that guy's actually making a great. what about this old chap you know what I'm saying so I was just
0: going to ask you what you thought damn was the the one to break that glass ceiling
1: well I, like I really again you know there, there's a saying within black culture we have to work twice as hard to get half as far you know it's not that since 1980 let's say there's never been a hip-hop album that's been worthy of it it's just that that hip-hop album had to be so fucking good that they couldn't deny it because to butterfly didn't win no no no. he had to have that's so what i'm much. asking yeah yeah exactly he had to have so much behind him you know what i'm saying that they couldn't they didn't have a choice but to finally acknowledge a hip-hop album angel's bone i'm sure it's a fantastic opera but I bet you there are a couple of albums that I've listened to last year that I feel like are maybe uh, competitors or maybe better than that. The question becomes, why is it that this opera in 2017 is picked over, you know, a, a rap album that obviously is more in, in line with what's happening in the culture right now? Yes, it's good and hopefully there's a cash prize or something like that, The Kendrick Lamar gets some money, you know? But let's, in general, just be weary of taking praise from people who we should already be skeptical of
0: anyway. At what point, because you just found out about this Pulitzer surprise for Music, right? To you, it meant as much to you as hip-hop meant to the board, essentially. Like, you, you just now figured out about it as they seem to just now figure out about hip-hop. So, in the grand scheme, outside of... The Ivory Tower Collective, how important is this really? What is it going to do for you professionally? Like, what is that going to mean for you as uh, in terms of money? Is it going to boost your sales? Is it going to make you more relevant? You just now found out about this award. How long have they been giving it out?
1: Kendrick winning this has helped them more than the, you know what I'm saying, than the opposite way around, you know?
0: If anything, it's, it's a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to diminish the first hip-hop artist winning it, but the more we talk about it, the more it does sound like they're just doing that as a favor for themselves. Exactly.
1: Oh, look how progressive we are. We're better than the Oscars so white, aren't we? As a reviewer, I'm kind of beyond looking towards a faceless company that we now know is most likely just filled with middle-aged white dudes telling me what the best music of the year is. Like, I'm just kind of over that. You know, like, because here, here, here's my thing. What do they say? You know, like, we don't know who the voters for the Oscars are. They keep it so secret. And the question is, fucking why? Like, I, I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with, like, oh, so people don't know. So you can't, like, bribe specific people. But apparently they do that anyway. So what's the problem? Like, you know, they do things where they, like, schmooze people and and give people certain things. So, uh, oh, for your consideration. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... Why is it a fucking secret anyway who gives these awards if they just gonna do the same shit? In fact, what it feels more like is motherfuckers are keeping it secretive so people don't know all the shady shit they're doing, you know? In fact, I would consider a more prestigious award—like, how more prestigious is an award if, like, oh, the Grammys, and, you know, of course, put in parentheses, some—a a group of faceless people you don't know and have no reason to value their opinion— Just gave an award to Kendrick. Or would you be more like, yo, the Grammys, which is composed of, like, veterans of certain genres. You know, in hip-hop, the person giving the award will be, you know, DJ Cool Herc, Missy Elliott. You know what I'm saying? Like, people who have done things within the genre where it's like, if that person gives an award to a new person, that's like a passing of the torch. You know, like, it means something. Like, it would mean something to me if... DJ Cool Hurt gave Kendrick Lamar an award.
0: There was that one award. I forget if it was the Grammys or the Oscars because who can fucking tell the difference anymore. Didn't we recently hear that, like, the mostly white panel, like, didn't even watch or listen to all of the things that were even nominated? So it doesn't mean shit. What you're saying about this about this panel of uh, elites in the, in the industry or the genre, either they should be, like, voted upon by their peers to become one, or there needs to be some type of significance, that like, okay, why does your opinion matter in the slightest?
1: That's what I wanted to say on that, and like I said, uh, we'll give the link to the thing if y'all want to read the article that I read. Basically, it's someone who was talking about how like, these types of people don't like what they call downtown music. You know, they're into uptown music, which is like, if that don't sound like the hundred years removed, sanitized version of saying black people, then I don't know what is.
0: Last week, we reviewed Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. We didn't really get to talk about it too much, but a few weeks back, well, actually, I think it was when Motorsport first came out, I'd commented on how it was so great that we had Cardi and Nikki on the same track, and it just seemed like... There was no beef at all, and it was great to see these two working together and to finally have two women rappers at the top of the heap. Since then, uh, some people have tried to, I guess, highlight a few details that might allude to there being
1: a beef. You see, like, the fact that we have to do all this fucking detective work, like... Oh, what did they mean when they said that? Uh, what did that really mean? When it's, it's like, you guys want a beef. Like, that's the thing. People want beef. They see a female rapper and another female rapper, they're like, oh, so you guys hate each
0: other, right? When it came down to Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma, you didn't have to tell me there was beef. I knew. Exactly. Exactly. If I gotta go to Google, look up news, and type in the fucking... Then there isn't a goddamn thing. Even in the interview with Nikki, basically said that, like, people are making a mountain out of a molehill, essentially. There was a little under there was a misunderstanding between her, Quavo, and seemingly Cardi is in there somehow. Which, again, it's such a fucking mystery to me that I don't even know where she comes into the story. But it really just seems like there was a miscommunication about the motorsport verse. They talked it out and everything's cool now. We're
1: latching onto that and it's like, oh, uh, Motorsport beef, so what happened? Who recorded what verse first? And then, oh, are they dissing him by saying this? Is, he, is she dissing her by saying this? And it's just like, we're acting like Motorsport was the first time people started saying there was beef. People been saying that ever since she came out. and It was just like, oh, wow, uh female rapper on a single. What does Nicki Minaj think? You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: Yeah, because she's the authority. Nicki Minaj
1: texted Takeoff to say, hey, people are saying that there's beef, could you come out and say that it's all good so that we could officially, you know, so that people could see that there's no problems? Offset Responded was basically saying, hey, I mean, you're not my girlfriend, I don't really need to defend you, but, like, you know, if I get an interview and someone asks, then fine, but I'm not gonna, like, go out of my way if no one's saying anything. You know, like, how much does it cost to just go on Twitter and be like, yo, people are talking shit about... These two people, and I am telling you, no, there's no beef. Instead of saying, hey, me, Nikki, and Cardi, we're cool. What they do is they go like, man, people are talking all these rumors, and I'm so tired of them. You know, like, like the rumors are unfounded. And it's just like, will you just say what it is? Will you just say people think there's beef between us, but there isn't? He doesn't have to. He's right. I mean, I, I don't have to defend you. You're not my girlfriend. But at the same time, you'd think, like, someone that I've worked with, right, like, fucking Nicki Minaj texted me and said, hey, that interview that we did, I kind of felt like something I said came off as more sideways than I was intending. Could you cut that part off? I would be like, yeah, sure, dude, like, I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Nicki Minaj isn't my friend or anything, but if you did you know, business with them, you would at least show the common respect. And, and then, of course, you know, people were like, oh, why didn't you reach out to Cardi like that, huh? Why did you go to Offset instead of Cardi? But to me, it just feels like, probably didn't think this was that big of a deal and probably knows Offset more than Cardi. So it was just like, I mean, because Offset's been around longer, you know? So he was probably just like, hey, that's my man. Honestly, I just feel like there's a whole just mishmash of stuff that's none of our fucking business and people really want it to be our business in three years right when the cardi and nikki beef is full blown and they're making all these diss tracks towards each other right you know there's going to be that moment where people are going to be like how did we get here (laughs) (laughs) there was no fucking start you guys just wanted there to be a beef
0: i think if cardi is going to go on the radio and say yeah we talked it's whatever and nikki is going to go on the radio and say nah we're cool just fucking respect their goddamn privacy. Like, at the end of the day, these people have so much more shit to worry about. About maintaining a career, the social media presence, their music, their tour, their shitty music videos they're going to post from their cell phone. They got a lot of things <laughs> to think about. That fucking Nikki video pissed me off, what man. What is up with the Look, okay, actually, we got to talk about this, too.
1: What is going on? Because mm. when I saw it at first, it wasn't listed up. But when I looked on her page, it was there, and then I found out the video had been released three days ago, and I was like, "What well, did
0: she do, like, a sort of
1: low-key release Oh, yeah, it thing? was
0: private, and then she made it public.
1: And then, of course, like, as I'm watching the video, it was like, wait, wasn't there a, a teaser trailer for a video that
0: was going to look better than this? That one was for Excuse Barbie me. Tings. The Barbie Tings music video looks like it's probably going to be, like, the Stupid Ho video. Very minimal, one set, one costume, but still, it looks more professional than... I'm in a room, and I'm lip-syncing the lyrics to my song interspersed between footage of me walking down a hallway wearing a dress. You haven't put out singles in how long? And this is what you're gonna do for a comeback single music video? Every now and then, she's not holding the camera, and it looks like someone
1: else is, right? And I thought that was gonna, like, lead to something. Like, it's gonna be like, oh, you think she's just holding the camera, but it's gonna pull out, and there's actually a whole bunch of stuff actually going on, you know? But, no... It's just her waiting backstage, I guess. And she's decided to shoot a little Instagram video. I don't know. I hate the idea that, like, someone, like, storyboarded this, possibly. Ugh, right? Like, Yeah. So it's like, ooh, what the kid's like now is Snapchat. So what we're going to do is make a video that looks like you're on Snapchat. Oh, it's just and an it's just Instagram like- story. Exactly. And it's just like, dude, I I mean, I could just make a video on Snapchat. Like, I don't have to, you know, like, trying to look contemporary by making their stuff look crappy. You know, like, you know how, like, a couple of years ago, people were making their videos look crappy so they could look like YouTube videos? It's basically like found footage movies. And it's just like, meanwhile, people who are, like, actually independent are trying their best, you know, to sound as professional, you know,
0: as, as the motherfuckers in the studio right now. You know what I'm saying? You see how hard Janelle Monae is trying with these music videos. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, none of these songs are probably going to get radio play. None of them.
1: That's also my thing. I was just like, what's up with the beats of these songs? They're kind of tinny and like 10 years ago, like dun-dun-dun type of beats. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: Again, not trying to compare, but that fucking Cardi album beat the fucking pants off both of these Nicki singles.
1: I mean, the better song was uh, uh, the Barbie things, of course. Even then, it feels kind of incomplete. They both kind of sound like freestyles. Like, she had a couple of fire lines, and she was like, yo, I'm gonna try to make a whole rap out of these couple of lines. Right. Am I missing something? Because I really don't know why it's called Chun-Li.
0: What I don't get is that she's making it a point to go, oh, you're trying to make me sound like the bad guy, and she's doing the fucking... The Scarface thing. Yeah, but yeah. You're trying to Which, make me sound like the bad guy, Chun-Li. D- does she think Chun-Li was the bad guy in Street Fighter and not M. Bison? Yeah,
1: I I don't understand. The final boss,
0: like, Chun-Li.
1: Maybe it's just like a Kung Fu Kinney thing, or it's just like, just just give yourself a random fucking name. Oh, <laughs> mm. Man, yo, they're learning from P. Diddy and Lil Wayne. They're just like, here's how you rebrand yourself. It's Snoop Dogg, as a matter of fact. Yep. Here's how you rebrand yourself. Every now and then, just call yourself something different. Like, Nicki Minaj is Chun-Li now. Like, fuck it. Even though, like, on the other song, it sounds like she's trying to go back to the Barbie thing. It seems like she's trying to do the Barbie thing, but this song has nothing to do with the Barbie, like style right you know what i mean like it's not like she's saying anything that's actually you know metaphors that kind of like oh you think it's plastic but it's actually this like Ah. there's nothing all she's doing is just throwing the word barbie in front of things
0: which in itself was a dated thing like if she just randomly started calling herself was it roman zelansky again like she's trying
1: to go back to her roots You know, like, oh, remember when I pulled out the Barbie? Yeah, the Barbie's back. And it's just like, well, you being a Barbie wasn't even that much of an iconic statement for me anyway. You know, it always seemed kind of problematic. Why would a woman in 2017 who's trying to be a feminist icon call themselves a Barbie, which is literally a toy that was playing into the expectations of women from the 50s? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel you on the sense of like, hey, Barbie did a whole bunch of jobs. You know, she she did all these things. She was like, you could at least come at it from that angle, but that doesn't seem to be the angle that she's coming at because she's never says like, oh yeah, I'm Barbie in space, bitch. I'm Barbie Chun-Li, bitch. I'm Barbie. No, it's always like, I'm a Barbie because I have the Malibu Barbie mansion because I have the Malibu, you know, because I have the pink car. There's no like, let me tell you about the Barbie mentality because what it is, is you think that we're just pretty girls, but we're actually doing all this other shit behind this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never gotten that from it. What I've gotten from it is, hey, Barbie was a popular toy when I was a kid. So when I rap, I'm going to call myself Barbie. And not even in any way deal with the implications or, like, the ideas that come along with that. The only thing, like, it really just feels like the only thing reason I chose that be- is because Pink. Like, you know, it's like, Barbie, Pink,
0: female rapper. Well, you know what drives me nuts? And this is just a little aside. Like, I get it, you know, whatever, Wayne, you're still affiliated or whatever. But I remember pointing this out back on my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And, I th- and it was my one criticism of Nikki's verse in Monster. Because otherwise, I think that's like one of her best verses ever. When she has to throw out Young Money. And there was even her song recently that she was on where she threw out Young Money. It's like, what allegiance do you still really have with Young Money? Like, I know in this one song, she says her and Drake and Wayne are the three big names that change the game, but it's like, other than that, like, are you still repping, like, Tyga and Lil Chucky and, like, all that shit? Like, what, what? I don't get that. Like, why are you still holding back to 2008?
1: Unless Drake is on a song with Nicki Minaj and Wayne, he never specifically says, oh, Nicki's blowing up the game. It never is about the three of them he'll shout out maybe himself he'll shout out maybe uh, uh wheezy he'll shout out maybe Nick but it's like he doesn't make up make it a point to specifically be like we are the triumvirate but Nikki does
0: and she's strong enough I think that she wouldn't have to do that yeah it, it, it does
1: feel like there's a, a weird sense of like in order for you to survive Nikki as a female rapper you have to have the brand loyalty to the male rappers you know what I'm saying and it's just like why are you even acting like that because you don't like, when I think of uh, Nicki Minaj, I don't immediately think of Lil Wayne now. You know, she's her own person.
0: Isn't part of her thing just, like, being an individual and independent? Like, it's it kind of goes against the message, like the Barbie thing.
1: Rap bitches tell they team, make them like Barbie. Had to come off IG so they couldn't stalk me. All they do is copy looks, steal music too. Want to see what bitches do when they lose the blue print. I mean, the pink print, and it was just like, that was all types of awkward. You have the rhymes going, you know, want to see what we just do when they lose the blue print, <laughs> and it was just like, but then, on top of that, it's the fact that it was like, ooh, that wasn't the whole word, like, you know, the, I always think that's a little cringy when people do that, you know, the, here's half of the rhyme, but here's the other half, you know, it was just like... But, but, alright, that's fine. But this is like, on top of that, then she goes, Oh, I mean the pink print. Like, I don't know, that was some, the new millennium. Oh, excuse me, millennium. Man, I just saw fucking, Baychella, bro. Like, I just saw what, 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 what someone who's trying to make a fucking statement is doing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, comparatively, it's just like, Oh, you just want to you're just doing these two little songs, like, okay. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, I, I understand, like, that's an hour and a half concert, and these are just two songs, but it's just like, all of these other female artists. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's just say it, you know? Because Cardi B did come out with a good with a good album. You know what I'm saying? Monet Monáe it did rock that shit with Django Jane. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell me that she didn't spit one of the best rap songs of 2018. You know, she might be on that list. You know, keep an eye out. You know what I'm saying? To be in this world that, that Nicki Minaj helped create it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's be real. You know, she's partially responsible for... For this resurgence in female rap, but it's kind of funny now that, like, yeah, you know, uh, maybe we were so starved for a female rapper that anyone doing the bare minimum, you know, was getting all the shine, right? And it's not that Nicki Minaj was doing the bare minimum back then, because I remember when she first came out, she had some fire-ass verses, you know. But when, but when she put out that album and she started getting them endorsement deals, and the money was going to flow in no matter what. All of a sudden, you know, she wasn't trying to give you those fire tracks no more. And so, but now we're seeing this age where it's just like, oh wait, people do want to hear a black female, you know, artist? And so we're seeing all of these people coming out and doing so much more than what was expected. And so now for Nikki to come out with like, oh, I just did a little freestyle fucking around... Like, we're sitting here like, uh, that's all you had? Because uh, if you're still t- stuck in 2014, when there weren't that many female rappers, like, showing people what they could do, like, sure, that was serviceable then, but, you know, it's 2018, my guy, like, <laughs> you know, you gotta deliver, like,
0: it's not a game. We have got two Patreon-requested album reviews this week on the podcast. First... We're going nowhere with Duckworth and kick drums, was it? Yeah, this was requested by Benjamin W. I'm no stranger to Duckworth, actually, going into this review. So to go back to the first album here uh, was interesting because I'd never listened to it. And it was considerably different than what I was expecting.
1: I thought this album was goddamn incredible. The only thing. Again, this is an album that I feel like it would be shorter to say the things I didn't like. Oh, my God. Indy Color Bro, I could not stop singing that song. Indie Color Oh, man. You got to listen to that one. But, um, oh, and Skank. Skank, Bro, yeah. That, yeah. Sh- that shit was like low-key, straight up, the new punk hip-hop. Like, listen to that shit and tell me that doesn't sound like... Like, pop punk from the early 2000s, but for hip-hop, you know?
0: I knew Skank would resonate with you, specifically because of the uh, ska kick you've been on. (laughs) 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 That that you would be able to relate, woo. Bro, this shit is nuts. The songs themselves vary a good bit more also in style uh, than he does later on. Um, I think it was more or less just getting used to the kick drums. I think that might have been what uh what really made it so different was that that centralized thing because he came at it very soft on this album compared to how hard he goes on the later ones. Uh so maybe I was just expecting that Duckworth that I was used to and it it just struck me different. But no, this album's great. Um make no mistake, I'm not trying to shortcut it at all. I really liked it. Uh, I like how varied the topics are on here he's just kind of all over the place talking about women then he'll be talking about uh some gangsta shit like um unagi and then he's talking about just like the industry and making it in like naruto and he's all over the place and i like a magic bullet <laughs> but uh yeah i took it a lot i would probably say like just kind of cutting to the chase here uh overall i'd probably say somewhere between a four and a four and a half for me
1: i would actually lean towards that four and a half because um you know like even the the little skits and stuff like that were just like parts that i just wanted to listen to uh oh unagi yo when okay so that that's the one song where it kind of sounds like is this like the strip club song and then halfway through he's like Man, why am I making a strip club song, but on it, I'm saying this other shit, you know? (laughs) And he was just like, you know, at at first it was just like, girl, shake that ass, sort of, you know. And then he was just like, I'm talking about I'd rather shoot, but I'd rather shoot at a cop with a camera for attacking a black kid. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, What sucks about this one is that he there's only like four songs with lyrics on them. Uh, on Genius, unfortunately. Magic Bullet was interesting for me. I didn't know how to feel about it, because it was like, like, especially with the, the cover being the, the actual assassination of JFK, it was just like, this feels in poor taste, you know?
0: Well, I mean, it's him, right? Yeah, well, uh, the,
1: the the thing that the song was about, and it was interesting, because it, to me, it felt like it was trying to make... Uh, you know, violence, you know, realistic in a way. So, you know, the whole song I was just kind of thinking like, man, I don't know how I feel about listening to a song it's like talking about ooh, the magic bullet is, you know, it's gonna, gonna get you, or shoot the, shoot that magic bullet, ricochet these words just like a magic bullet. Uh, it's in my head just like a magic bullet, and I was just like, ah, this feels weird. But then when the end, when it was saying like, uh, be careful listening to my music, cause they might treat you like a threat, and then your ass might get JFK. <laughs> I was like, huh, okay, all right, I think I see what you're doing here. <laughs> like, you know, that that was a, a brave decision to put in a song like that, you know? Because like, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I feel like listening to a song where someone's like, yeah, man, this is a song you might get capped to.
0: <laughs> I do got to say, the, the, the clever wordplay of bouncing around my head like a magic bullet because of how, like, mysterious, that was like... Damn, that's really good. <laughs> like, I never would
1: have thought about that shit. It's like, God damn it, that's dark and macabre, but I see what you did
0: there. Yeah, like, like yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's dark and violent, but it's it's smart and witty at the same time. The Oh, oh you know what it is? I did not like the
1: outro. Um, okay. where, where the Dude, that bass was so fucking loud. Like, I'm trying to hear what he's saying, I'm just like like I specifically wanted to stop the album you know I mean it's at the end but so mm. it doesn't really matter but it was just like I want to hear what you're saying but fuck man I'm going to get a headache you know <laughs> but other than
0: that uh, oh and, and psycho yeah we got to talk about psycho that that's oh that's the one that's been stuck in my head <laughs> where it's like I
1: love this girl but she's going to kill me <laughs> 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 and it's just like man that is a hard situation <laughs> <laughs> What's you gonna do <laughs> yep um but it's just like hey you know what do they tell you man be, be careful be careful who you put your dick in bro mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a joke tech nine should have t- been told your ass with psycho bitch bro it's not a game out here
0: don't play around with these women's hearts bro you know i do wish they would have done more with again you know, because you got to look at it as, as, the, as the big picture here. You have the intro, you're talking about going to nowhere, you got a song called Nowhere, you talk about Nowhere, you mentioned it a few times. It doesn't really feel like they explore that enough.
1: Yeah, not one Courage the Cowardly Dog reference? Really?
0: No. Oh, hmm.
1: Yeah, Sky Blue, he should have been on this album. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know he should have had a feature track going forward. Uh, So I, I feel like, I mean, that's, That's how I feel about that album. I don't know if there's anything else to
0: say. Nah, I I would definitely lean more towards that four and a half myself. I would definitely revisit this one. And I'm just going to say as an aside, people, check out all of Duckworth's stuff because it's all great. But uh, going into our second review, we got Corrupt, The Streets is a Mother... Requested by Royce A. Merry. Thank you very much. And I'm going to say it right here. If you have an album that you would like to request for us to review on the podcast, check out either of our Patreon pages. That's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Check the pages for details. Corrupt. Gangsta West Coast Hip Hop from 1999. And it shows. Way back, Machine. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think about the landscape because 1999, I'm eleven or twelve, depending on the month.
1: Yeah, you know, Wu Tang uh uh came out with their uh, double LP, I believe, the year yeah. before. Uh huh. You know, Bone Thugs of Harmony.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, uh. you're you're gonna have to fill in the the empty the the uh, the pieces for me because to me. 1999 hip-hop my frame of reference was like eminem (laughs) that's about it yeah will smith look at you i don't know what the hell was going on at that time but here you got snoop dogg in his no limit days which is an unfortunate time uh
1: i think it's really funny that you know i i'm just listening to Snoop Dogg's Gospel album oh. in 2018 mm. by the way it's it's fire it oh, is yeah? flames yes it is awesome and i'm just like wow you know i find it really interesting cuz you know i've i've been recently been really getting back into my faith you know right, and yeah. so i was like what bigger sign is there? <laughs> it's a Snoop Dogg <laughs> gospel album. Hey, rap critic, getting back into religion, trying to figure out whether or not you should really get into it, Snoop Dogg just released a gospel album. <laughs> so going from that yeah, to, to listening to this album on which Snoop Dogg has a verse or two. Yeah, he, he pops up a few times, yeah. It's just like, huh. Wow. Like, if you had gone back and told, no limit, Snoop Dogg, that in, like, 18 years, he's gonna be, like, in the length that it takes to raise your son, you're going to create a gospel album? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, the world is, man, this world, bro. But anyway, let's get back to your boy, Uh, Corrupt... Uh, so 1999, Mm. we got, we got corrupt with his album, you know, gangster rap isn't really like at the top, top, but it's not going anywhere. Uh, you got, you got DMX. He sort of revived it after, Mm. uh, Tupac and Biggie, uh, you know, died in 96 and 97. Mm -hmm. So he kind of revived it in 98. You had like big L kind of coming onto the scene, big pun, you know, and so it's like, it's, it's a good day to be a lyrical rapper. It's good day. You know, the, the gangster rap stuff, maybe you save that. Maybe you don't make that the lead single, right? Maybe you, mm. you that, that's the album cut. You know, that's kind of where we are in hip hop. Although with corrupt, especially since we're on the West Coast, you know, gangster rap, I mean, gangster rap was hip hop. Like that didn't go nowhere, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So now we have that type of flavor. We got ice cube. We got, you know, uh uh corrupt Snoop Dogg, uh uh Daz, you know, those type of cats sort of blowing up the scene. And then I don't know what to tell you, but I was not impressed.
0: I don't know if impressed is really the word or what ex- or if is what, even he was the context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, I don't think he was trying to
1: impress. It's the most average-sounding gangster rap album I think you could ever come across. Like, if you just need... Hey, what does a West Coast rap album sound like? Uh, it sounds about like this. You know?
0: I think it serves the purpose it was trying to, to achieve. I, myself, uh, again, wasn't impressed. Um, I found myself enjoying it, though, for what it was. You know, again putting it into, into perspective of when I first looked this up on uh, on Spotify before I looked it up on Wikipedia, and uh, it gives you the uh, remastered re-release date of 2012. Oh, fuck, this is 99. For a second there, I thought someone was producing an album that sounded like the 90s in 2012. Yeah, because I was about
1: to be like, huh, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, if, if it was, like, a stylized thing, like a throwback, but if you don't got that going for you, and it is just 99, then you gotta take those stylized points away. So think we it's... got your
1: boy uh, on, on one track. Like, just to give you an example of, like, you know, gangster rap, just because you were a gangster rapper doesn't mean you weren't lyrical, right? Right. But, but a lot of rappers, they just throw big words together. Try this on for size. We astronomical, phenomenal, magical, mathematical, taking your first board is collateral. I mean, that that last line was, you know, okay, but it's like, what is this? What is this? Astronomical, phenomenal, magical, mathematical. What is that? What is all of that? That's just adjectives being thrown in for the sake of adjectives being thrown in. You don't think you're fucking mathematical. What the fuck is that? Yo, my dude actually said lyrical miracle on one of these tracks. Ooh. He actually
0: said lyrical miracle, and I'm going to fucking find it. (laughs) Did some siren alarm go off in your head when that fucking popped up? It was
1: on the first track. The first track this man came out talking some. Who am I? The incorrigible Lyrical Miracle. Yo! (laughs) He actually called himself the Lyrical Miracle. We need to have, like, a count. We need to have it, like... For, like, any rapper from the 90s who unironically uses the phrase lyrical miracle, we've already got one. And I can name you another one. It was on a Digital Underground song on same song where he says the lyrical miracle whip, you know, but. Like, he straight up for real said lyrical miracle. Like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you always hear about, you always hear about, you know, if you're making fun of rappers, like, oh, rappers trying to sound all lyrical miracle, you know, like, or, or, or you rappers always talking about my name is this and I'm here to say, you know, but this is like, it's always a treat to find someone actually doing it. Like, you know, like the living
0: stereotype.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> this man, cause he thought he was getting brolic with the lyrics though, you know, like, oh, they weren't expecting the incorrigible lyrical miracle. They weren't <laughs> expecting that one. It's horrible. Yeah. The, the incorrigible lyrical miracle is horrible. Let hysterical the way I embarrass you. I was like, okay, you know, but he kind of went somewhere with it at the end, you know, he kind of went somewhere with it, you know, but I just think it's funny, he starts off his verse, oh, psychosomatic, automatic, static, catatonic, supersonic, bubonic, chronic, addict, motherfucker, what did you just say you were? (laughs) Psychosomatic? Do you know what psychosomatic even means, like... (laughs) I don't even know what psychosomatic means. I had to look that shit up, so I know your ass don't know what it means. <laughs> psychosomatic of a physical illness or other condition caused or aggravated by a mental factor such as internal conflict or stress. That, was that what you mean? Is that what you meant, my bro? A uh, psychosomatic. Even you know, I could even give that a pass. Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm ill. You know, it's it's added on by the fact that I'm so under stress. You know, okay, your psychosomatic, automatic, static catatonic supersonic how the fuck can you be catatonic and supersonic cause, cause catatonic is I'm pretty sure that's someone who like can't move you're psychosomatic automatic static but you're catatonic
0: what you what you don't think he did the old Quavo special do you <laughs>
1: my homeboy went to that rhyming dictionary oh no (laughs) he got it cracking he's like yo bubonic yo that sounds serious i thought i'd throw that in there too (laughs) i've heard that yeah i've heard that in reference to something bad Mm -hmm. but you see what i'm trying to say like like straight out the gate you have the like this is what i'm you know like we we a lot of times talk about lazy rappers in the sense of like I don't write that much. I just say, oh, i getting money. You know, look at my wrist goddamn. Look at my bitch goddamn. You know, like, and that's its own problem. But we also got to address another, you know, problem. And that's the, these underground or, or trying to be smart rappers when over-rapping. You know, like, I'm the lyrical, miracle, you know, psychosomatic, automatic, static, catatonic, supersonic, robotic, chronic, addict. It's like, you know that doesn't mean anything. How he starts the second verse, it's almost like he didn't even know that he already used some of these words. He says, I'm the tactical, acrobatical, automatic, automatically psychosomatic that got the verbally guided visually, you ride it, super like the sonics. It's like... You already used, like, four of these rhyme words already. You already used automatic, and you used it twice. You used psychosomatic, you used supersonic, you know what I'm saying? And this is, like, the first song. Like, this is the song to show you just how dope he is. And it's just like, I'm already hearing past this, you know?
0: This album is made for, like, cruising, just driving around with your boys, kind of have it on the background, Maybe not listen to so close.
1: It's sort of like, this is like companion piece to the chronic sort of music. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, dude, it's so typical. I, uh, uh you know, of course, I, I always listen to an album the first time through all the way, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second time, you know, I listen to the first five tracks, and if it's good, I keep listening, right? Because I'm like, man, why waste my time, you Yeah, I've already heard it, you know. Man, I got to about track five, right? And that was where I had the moment where I was like, okay, the first four songs have all been nothing but repetition. I hated the beginning of Loose Cannons, which was just repeating that Dr. Dre sample. Yo, man, I don't think they heard you. Won't you tell them what your name is? That's corrupt.
0: Three, four times, yeah.
1: If I got the album, I know who you are, homie. It's already (laughs) the second track, too. Like... I already heard you. And, and you know, you have Welcome Home, just to give you an example of how sort of typical this, this album is, right? Cause this is right in that sweet spot of, you can make gangster rap, just throw a pretty sounding woman on the hook, uh-huh. you know? Yep. So you have this song, Welcome Home, where he's just like, yeah, we G niggas, we don't give a fuck, dads and corrupt. Here, tell your kids, kids grow the fuck up. And then the chorus is, welcome home, yeah, it's been too long, Ooh, watch, me. and it's just like, dude, you know this doesn't fit, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying, like, you know you just forced this in, like, you know, you, you have not had a conversation with this Latoya woman, you have not talked to them, all you did was just go like, yeah, yeah, we need to get a couple raps, put a, put a bitch on the hook, wear the platinum CD, you know, we all know the lyric, you know what I'm saying. We have
0: to tick that box.
1: And then, uh, you know, I, uh, I, so I'm looking over this album. And I was like, all right, well, let me get, let me try to find some songs that are, you know, song titles that have piqued my interest, you know, and maybe that'll change my mind. I see this, the song title, Yo Girlfriend. And I'm like, ooh, now I wonder, 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 wonder what this song is going to be about. Your girlfriend. Oh, could it be that he, that this song is going to be about how you need to take care of your girlfriend. Oh if yeah, you, don't, hmm. uh, you know she might find you know you know what I'm saying. You know, listen, boy, there's some good information from a man who's made mistakes. You know, like
0: <laughs> yeah, from a man who knows. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is that what the song's gonna be? Of course, that's not what the oh. fucking song is about. Oh, I fucked yo bitch. Ah. Oh man, a uh, dad's beat the cock, but you love the bitch. She be eating dicks, and you kissing the bitch. Ah, look at Mm. you. Your girlfriend is a hoe. No, no, no. She's not just a hoe. She's my hoe. (gasps) That's right. Oh, man. You weren't expecting that, were you? Out of nowhere. He said he was going to fuck my bitch. Oh. I'm going to sing along to this. Oh, my good I haven't heard that one before. You are changing the game. You know, I think all these rappers got it from him. You know, when you really think about it.
0: What album are you listening to? Uh, Corrupt, The Streets Is A Mother. Ah, oh, you mean the album that changed the game? <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up, bitch. Eat a dick, bitch. Eat a
1: bowl full of shit, bitch. Munch on a mouthful of balls in halls and malls. Just shut the fuck up, bitch, and work your jaws.
0: At this point, we'd already had Lucinda or whatever on the album, right? It's like, I understand you need to mix it up. Latoya Williams. I, I, I got it confused with, uh... Is it, isn't there a Lucinda Williams? Yes. Yeah, I think I was getting, got that confused. How are you gonna write lyrics like that and, and still have, like, female artists on your album? I think you made the good point. They probably weren't ever in the fucking studio at the same damn time. I understand a paycheck's a paycheck, but... Why would you even be on an album with a dude that says shit like that?
1: I always wonder about female artists in the mid-90s, right? Like, because there had to be that period where they walked into the studio, you know, they're just like, man, we're gonna about to make some music, it's about to be on, and then, of course, as, you know, someone's playing back the recording, they're hearing, Bitches ain't shit! Fuck every single bitch! Put a dick in their jaws! I don't give a fuck if you fuck bitches and they don't like it! Fuck all these hoes! Fuck a-. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be that element of just, like, just keep your head down, man. Just don't say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: It like, just, like, just just deal with it. <laughs> like, you know? I guess there isn't really too many other places to go. This is probably the best option for exposure, getting on an album yeah. like this more people are going to hear you and maybe if you have an album coming out soon on the record label then people are going to want it but like people who listen to this album aren't going to check out a latoya williams album you know it's like they're probably going to have much of a crossover audience anyway yeah so just kind of defeats the purpose but yeah i just picture the same thing of like her walking into the studio and he's like laying down the tracks. That's eat a e- eat a bowl of shit, bitch. We're going to- Oh hey Latoya, Bob eat your. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just finishing the master on this. Just have a seat. We'll get with you in a second. Eat a bowl of shit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. They no. really
1: have to separate the art from the artist, you know, when you think about it. <laughs> like, what is it? Like, what is the conversation? Like, I gotta know. Like, is it just that awkward moment where, like, they just hear the song and they just sit there and, like, the rapper who just recorded it, you know, he gets out of the studio, turns the corner, sees that there's a woman there sitting there listening to exactly what he just said. And he has to, like, you know, check his phone or something or just, like, act like, you know. And just like,
0: not make eye contact.
1: <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs>
0: Is there, is there embarrassment there? Is is she in on it? Like, is she just totally cool with it? That's a possibility? Yeah, yeah she's like, oh, man, fuck these hoes, yeah, you know?
1: Yeah, it is right afterward. We have hoes, a housewife. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, guys, we get it. Women are not to be trusted.
0: <laughs> you know, I think we had skipped it, but talking earlier about, like, you know, classical and all that. You gotta mention the track Trilogy. Where it has that one classical sample repeating throughout the entire album because, you know, you need your classical song sample.
1: Oh, yeah, because Exhibit, he did the uh, paparazzi joint, so you know you gotta have that in you there. Gotta you gotta know? tick
0: that box. There's a lot of mm. just crossing them off, crossing off the tropes. Yeah. You gotta get them all. Oh, even the old school throwback cut they had on here with Keras one Oh, fucking, that was, that was unfortunate the worst
1: song on the album. Oh, Man, KRS-One
0: is not helping out with his
1: legacy right now. I understand it was freestyled, but come on,
0: son. 98% of 90s KRS-One, you could just skip right the fuck over. Isn't that like the first album, like 90, with the fucking 13 and good, and all that shit, where it's like, I don't need any of this. Oh, yeah! <laughs> or, or no, the, like like the first one. Oh, well, no, that's
1: early nineties. That's early nineties. Yeah,
0: though. and then you got the fucking uh, ding dong song. It's like I don't need any of this. Oh uh, yeah, fucking shit. And oh, oh, we gotta talk about calling out names.
1: Oh yeah, officially. Mm. So I feel like this is literally the only reason this album was made. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna hazard on a guess because it's like I know they weren't expecting. You know, welcome home to be the big hit single. Like that's the best they could have done for this, but it wasn't gonna pop like that. Right. So I honestly feel like the main reason why this this got the push that it ended up getting to the point that it did was because here we have a song that literally called out rappers' names. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you know, we had lots of little sneak disses from rappers before, and we've even had you know full out diss tracks towards specific people. But, like, this was, like, a diss track to, like, it felt like the entire industry, you know? It's not that good of a diss track. Like, okay, so it starts off, he's saying, niggas with hepatitis, unauthorized, hard-to-move arthritis, infected, selected, neglected, ejected, and next time... First of all, again, we got the lyrical miracle sort of stuff going on, you know what I mean? The thing, what he was saying was, like, oh man, you think these niggas is real, but there's niggas out here with hepatitis. You know, there's niggas with arthritis and all this type of shit. You know, you think they're hardcore, but you see how human they really are. I get that. You could have just made a song in general about how, hey, rappers aren't what they're cracked up to be. You know, Mm. people are like that, you know? Yeah. But that's not what the song is supposed to be. No. This song, it's a diss track to DMX, Ja Rule, Irv, Gotti, Foxy, Brown, all these cats, you know? He, he, he's not afraid to say the names, but the problem with it is we have to come back to the reason, like, okay, why is this beef happening, right? Yeah. Because, you know, what's his name? Uh, Another person also did, like, a diss track, Uh, a dude who works with uh,
0: Mortal Technique. Diabolic. Yeah. I was thinking that same song, man, where he just lists off names of people... He has no reason beefing with. It just seems like he's just doing that to get his own clout up. But when you listen to him,
1: every line he was saying something to somebody. It was very specific, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you, this is your problem. You, this is your problem. But with this song, so we have the first four lines, which is lyrical miracle stuff where he doesn't specifically mention anybody. So, and then it's maybe about like eight lines in until he finally says someone's name. Now, if I'm going into this and someone told me, ooh, this is the track where people get called out. <laughs> we're already 30 seconds in and I'm like, who is the person he's calling out? I'm going to start calling y'all bitch niggas by name. Motherfuck D, motherfuck M, only X I know is Exhibit RRBX. Extraordinary. I don't know why he said it. Like, I thought that maybe that was a rapper that I didn't know. But it was like, no, he was just like, only X I know is Exhibit R B X. Extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary. <Like, laughs> Uh, and then he goes, you trying to snatch my bitch, you could have the bitch. Two bitches getting rich, just come to the West Coast and get stripped down. Now, what I can infer from this is that, oh, D- did DMX try to take his girlfriend? Is that why this beef is happening? Because what he's saying is, trying to snatch my bitch, you can have the bitch. Two bitches getting rich, just to come to the West Coast and get stripped down. Beat to death and stripped all over a bitch. It's kind of convoluted, like I'm not sure, like, wait. Cause I, or I heard that you're trying to snap from a bitch. You can have the bitch. Wait, two bitches getting rich and then come to the wet. Wait, why did you come to the West coast to get rich? Wait, wait, wait. You know what I'm saying? You see how they're like, they're already clouding what he's trying to say. You know, if you're making a beef record, I'm assuming you have something on your chest that you definitively need to get off. And if that's the case, you're going to say, fuck him. Cause he did this. And then it's like, now it's 50 MCs that ain't worth shit. Okay. So is he talking about 50s? Uh, yeah uh, get your ass beat 50 times beat to 10 cent and it's like all right well you did the word play before i even knew who you were talking about i love new york but the niggas that represent y'all ain't shit new york and so it's like oh so he's making it clear he's not beefing with new york this isn't like east coast versus west coast <laughs> yeah which you already know is has been a pretty big thing so it already seems like a bad idea to put out yeah. a song like this anyway mm-hmm. you know they act like a bitch, New York. Buckshot, Noriega, Jigga. And you're like, oh, what? what, what?" And he goes, they're cool. I'm like, oh, uh, all right. And then Cannabis, Wu-Tang, they're cool. (laughs) Like, oh, but it's like, okay, so far, the only person I've definitively heard that you don't like is DMX and maybe 50 Cent. Uh And then you just name like five people that you're cool with. So this already doesn't work as a diss song. Like, Def Jam, the entire Def Jam is cool. And the entire Def Squad is cool. But fuck Ja Rule. And it's like... Well then just... Well then just say fuck Ja Rule then. Why are you trying to... Like you know... If this is supposed to be like... I'm making this diss song. Like what are you... Why are you covering your bases? Like... I thought you're angry. Like, say the angry shit, and maybe at the end you can be like, "Now I'm cool with all these dudes." But the, my point is, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, get the anger out so it gets people's ears, right? And then, like, and then at the end you would be like, "All right, now let me clarify. This is who I'm talking about." And don't get, don't try to get it confused. But it's just like this already kind of shoots it, shoots itself in the foot because I'm already not with the energy. You know what I'm trying to say? It
0: almost ends up looking like you're afraid that these people are gonna take offense. So you're wanting to, like, preemptively be like, well, hey, I don't want beef with these people. <laughs> just just letting you know, I'm, I'm going with you guys. It's this person over here, this fucker I don't like. And if you're more concerned
1: with that, then maybe you just shouldn't be making this song at maybe all. Maybe this
0: isn't for you, yeah.
1: And then also he says, like, Oh, man, I'm calling out names. So this song is called Calling Out Names. Mm -hmm. And so far, he has said more names of people that he doesn't have beef with Uh, than he has said of people that he does. uh, You know what I'm trying to say? mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, I know that you don't have beef with Exhibit or RBX or Buckshot and Noriega and Jigga and Cannabis and all of the Wu-Tang Clan and Def Squad and Def Jam. Yeah. But you kind of have a problem with Ja Rule for reasons that you don't want to say. I don't know why this beef is happening right now. Only thing I have to go off is the information that you told me. And if all you're telling me is that Irv Gotti tried to sign my friend, what does that matter? Someone tried to give you a business opportunity? Was there (laughs) shade with it? Were they trying to diss you by saying, like, oh, y'all ain't get money, so you should sign with us? Um, Like, is that what it is? Because if you're not saying it, if you're not giving us the detail that helps us fill out and be like, oh, that's why we should be on your side. What it just sounds like is... Someone tried to sign you and you got angry about that for some reason. No, someone tried to sign your friend and you got angry about that for some reason. Now, if I didn't say your name, then this ain't for you. But if you try to speak, then I'll appeal this paint for you. So he's basically saying, like, this is just a weird, like, this is a guy who's really in his head, right? He knows why he's angry at all of these people. Yeah. It, to him, this is all completely justified. You know? Oh, man, if you don't know what's going on, then shut the fuck up. But it's just like, but you released a song for public consumption. <laughs> yeah. So w- we have to know why you're doing this. And if you don't have a reason, then it just feels like you're just lashing out at people for no reason,
0: mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah.
1: Like, w- what does he say? He says, I-, I cause brain tumors thinking of a thought to think. Letting off calibers till the chamber needs to be changed. I <laughs> didn't even rhyme. Like, But I cause brain tumors thinking of a thought to think
0: that that could be one of the dumbest lines i've ever heard that again it's not as cool as what he thinks
1: it sounds like like he thought that was like oh man i cause brain tumors because i'd be working so hard but honestly that sounds like someone who's just like it's so hard for me to come up with ideas i i got a brain tumor before i came up with an (laughs) actual thought anyway yeah overall for this album i would give it a Maybe a generous
0: two. I'm gonna give it to three. Really? Yeah, I think it it was enjoyable enough that it held my attention. Um, but it's just average. It's painfully average. But yeah. I think the songs do enough that it it just passes. So yeah, I'm not gonna listen to it again though. Like yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> I
1: am very possibly not listening to any of these songs again. They all contain the same sort of lyrical miracle stuff. They all contain that same mentality of late 90s rappers, which is homophobic, you know, sexist to the nth degree because they think no one's listening. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's only guys listening to this anyway. No one cares, you know? And then, of course, we got to talk about Welcome Home, where you had that lyric, dipping and hitting switches, I'm a hop. Don't do shit but hop. Pancake, let the four drop, nigga. Hop, stop, pull out your pistol and then pop. Hit him two times till he drop. When I hop, how many times? Like, is this the Easter Bunny? Why is this man hopping so much? He's hopping mad, dude. (laughs) Tell him why you hopping mad, bro.
0: Uh, That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out, as usual. But if this is your first time checking us out and you liked what you heard, check out all of our old episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Going Off Podcast as G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on Patreon if you have an album that you would like to request. And until next time... For the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And
1: I'm the Rap Critic, and we're calling out names mm. for all these punk motherfucking rappers today mm. who are not spitting that real shit. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, not Kendrick, though. Um, not J. Cole, Mm-mm. you know, because he's kind of cool. Uh, Duck Horse? Not... No, no. They, they had a pretty good album. Not oh, Cardi yeah, because right. no. you know, the, the album was kind of okay. Yeah. No. Um,
0: mm-hmm. um
1: uh not I, you know i wouldn't even say migos because i feel like they're uh you know i feel like they, they can come you know with it every now and then when yeah, they want to you maybe, know, it, maybe it happens uh,
0: uh amine no brockhampton no 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 um,
1: um
0: they're all cool they're all cool they're good danny they're good, brown you
1: know you're cool um yeah yeah Z right. right. you're cool uh, um yeah he, he did a, uh uh lil Yachty. oh oh boy you better look out, Lil Yachty. Lil Boat. We called out... Yeah, we called out your name. Oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not afraid. The bad boys of the taking down the entire industry. Boy. Anyone who's spitting some whack shit. As long as it's Lil Yachty.
0: Oh, Lil Yachty. We got your number, Lil Boat. <laughs> About to sink your ass. Oh! Oh, <laughs> Fuck iceberg
1: full of head on your ass oh shit (laughs) man the lifeboats bitch